Ever longed for a simple trick to disempower negative thoughts? Curious about the purpose of life itself? Or what angels are really like? We explore the stages of life right now in the NCE Spotlight, your home for fresh insights from the ongoing translation of the New Century edition of Swedenborg's Theological Works. Knock, knock. Hey, Jonathan Rose. How are you hey doing? There. Come on in. Great. Thank you so much for having us here. Curtis, you want to, you get the, you get the comfy chair this time. Okay. Well, now I'm going to feel awkward the whole time, but. <laughs> That's right. I like sitting on the floor. <laughs> okay. All right. You said it and then I'm going to relax and learn some things. Good. Good. Um, so. Jonathan, it's great to come back week after week and get to hear what is striking you as you're doing your editing work. And right now, you are deep in Secrets of Heaven, which is this multi-volume work of Swedenborg's, where he's unpacking the stories in Genesis and finding just, I mean, it just seems like you come across these amazing nuggets of spiritual insight that one might not expect to be tucked away when in these stories in in those books so what i just i wonder what you have for us this week i'm so excited about what we're going to be talking about because um i found three passages that discuss our life process and particularly what lies ahead where we are headed you know great if we're on a good path as individuals collectively as a society where where are we going? And um, uh, just very interesting implications of this. So this first passage talks about a kind of state we can eventually get into. Um, it's a little bit related to a previous episode where we were talking about how truth is lifted up from your outer mind into your rational mind, mm-hmm. your earthly mind, and how it becomes more solid and unquestionable. Uh, This is number 3175. It is hard to detach truth from the earthly self and raise it from that level to the rational plane. Our earthly self contains misconceptions, cravings for evil, and a convinced belief in falsity. (laughs) So long as these are present and attach themselves to truth, so long our earthly self holds truth back not allowing it to rise up from that level to the rational plane. That is what it means in an inner sense to say, and then he quotes the biblical verse, let the girl stay with us several days, perhaps 10, afterward you shall go. Hmm. So there's a delay. Is there going to be a delay in there? The process is difficult, Swedenborg continues, because the earthly self casts doubt on the truth and debates its validity. Hmm. However... As soon as the Lord detaches our evil cravings and false convictions and therefore our misconceptions and goodness causes us to start loathing arguments against truth and laughing at doubts about it, truth has reached the stage for leaving the earthly self. Then it is time for truth to rise up into our rational mind and clothe itself in a state of goodness because truth then belongs with goodness and has some life. Wow. 
So I was particularly struck by the loathing and the laughing at him. Yes. (laughs) Like, that's pretty extreme. But getting to the point where not only did that stuff not Mm. hook you anymore, but you loathe arguments against it and you laugh at doubts about it. Oh, I love it because it's like, it's so enticing to want to try to argue with false thoughts. Like, you just think you need to sort of talk your way out of it or like have a better argument for the truth than than the false thoughts have about their false idea, you know, and like, but, but this is not the first time that we've heard it, that it's like, actually, just don't even give it your the time of day, just laugh, you know, laugh it off. It's just not, right. not worth your time. And that's, so it's an interesting uh, tool even to practice is like, laugh it laugh it all off try to try to convince yourself of like no this isn't true and then even go to the point of laughing even just to sort of fake it till you make it kind of a thing yeah it's almost um sounds like he talks about the marriage of goodness and truth and it seems like it's here it's goodness and truth getting this commitment to each other where they're in a state where we're not even going to think about go you know, dissolving that commitment or going outside of it. That you get to a point where it's truth is no longer on the market to be joined with any kind of uh, self-serving agenda or something. It's like no, I'm only putting this with goodness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the strength! I mean, you can. I just feel when you say that how the lower self just makes us kind of weak or vulnerable. Of course we have one and we have to have one, but when truth is at that level, um, it's all debate as we've talked about before, but when it rises up to that level where it's not about me, it's not about you, this is not personal, this is just what is. This is actually somewhat familiar to me or reminding me that I did spend time studying this volume or maybe it's where like in the in the previous I don't know which translation but um version and that these numbers it's so cool and great to hear it in this new century translation century edition translation because uh it just paints such a great picture that I feel like I can grasp and I just I just eat it up like it's so useful and I know I've said this before in the podcast of like understanding that we have different levels to our minds and then knowing what the environment is like on those different levels you know like you know what the climate's like and so then you can you can just see more clearly when like you're struggling with something and and of course there's like this whole these strings of attachment on that lower level that is not that are just gonna come up that you're gonna run into when but that's not to say don't you know don't don't give up hope like keep going La- laugh do what keep you need going. to do you know keep going you're getting lifted up so yeah that's right this is this is on the menu and we can get even that far uh, yeah. which is a very exciting thought I must confess, and people who know me well know that I'm kind of a weeper anyway, but there, there are times when I hit a passage and I just weep. And right. this was one that got me weeping. Don't mm-hmm. know whether it'll get me weeping now, but um, this is he describes sort of the whole life process from early childhood to old age and so on and 
I just found this um, beautiful. Again, what, what lies ahead. Nice. The word sometimes mentions nursing babies and the women who nurse them, and both symbolize a baby's first state, which is obviously one of innocence. The instant we are born, we come into a state of innocence, which is to serve as a basis for all our later states and is to lie deep within them. In the word, this state is symbolized by a nursing baby. Next, we come into a state in which we feel drawn to heavenly goodness, or in other words, a state of love for our parents, which in little children takes the place of love for the Lord. This state is symbolized by a little child. Later, we come into a state in which we feel drawn to spiritual goodness or a state of mutual love, which is charity for our peers, a state symbolized by youths. I'll hit pause there and just say, boy, with each one of these, like, yes, that is characteristic of, you know, that innocence, love for the parents, and then love for your, you know, kids your own age. Um, Mm -hmm. Yep. He goes on, when we grow even older, we come into a state of desire for truth. This state is symbolized by young adults and following states by full adults and finally by the elderly. This last state symbolized by the elderly is one of wisdom and it has our childhood innocence within it. Mm. So the first and last states merge and when we are old, we enter the Lord's kingdom as a child again but a wise one. Oh, so sweet. The circle of life. It is true that as soon as you start talking about the arc of life from being a child all the way through, you think through the different scenes in a person's life. Sometimes they're happy, they're sad, they have these different responsibilities, they're, they got a lot of joy, they got despair, and then all the way through to being a, an old person and then thinking back on those first states in childhood, it's just moving just to think about that, that arc. Yeah. I just love that reminder that, that the bedrock, you know, the beginning and end of, of our spirits, of our lives is, is that innocence that Swedenborg defines elsewhere as this you know, he says a a willingness to be led by the Lord. So it's this like humility and trust and, um, you know, total acceptance and like, right, you can just, and dependency even, you know, you think of a little baby and just like neat and, and just uh, that, that's what he means by innocence. And that that is, that's what we first tasted in this world. And then the whole thing is this circling back to it, but with wisdom. And so it's like, it's interesting because for myself, I find that that's what those earthly self uh, tendrils try to attack the most is is this sense of like, no, you really are the one in charge. Like you're the one who's going to screw this up. <laughs> you know, or like you're the one yeah, that right. uh, it's all up to you. It's all on your shoulders. And they really don't like the thought that, no, wait, there is a, God, this divine being that's in charge of everything and is leading everything towards goodness, you know, um, and and it makes sense that that's they get away with a lot more if we're believing that it's just up to us and and it's sort of every everyone for themselves. Um, and you don't necessarily know as you go through life that that's where it's going because 
it can feel in many ways, understandably, like you just get farther and farther away from your childhood. Yes, Life gets very serious and heavy and there's loss and there's, you know, responsibility and and all these things. And you don't really think it's going back there. Ah, yeah. So the thought of coming back around but being wise this time, like knowing, like appreciating it. Yes. And it's such a gift because kids, when you're a small child, you can't fight that off. You have no defenses against the innocence that the Lord is giving you. You know, <laughs> It's true. <laughs> you have no choice about it. So you get this huge gift when you're little, and then you come back into that again. I think that's such a good point, that that's just what you just said, that we, we are coming back to that, and yet that's against all appearances. <laughs> you know, that yeah, right. Uh, oh, it's, it's, I think it speaks to what you were saying, Chelsea, that, oh, there re- it seems like we're in control, but there really is a divine guidance on the whole thing. I think this is really tangibly and powerfully illustrated in this number, mm-hmm. because just the fact that your first childhood states, your little infant states, which you at the time had nothing to do with. You never had the idea, oh, I should be a baby and this is how it should be like. (laughs) I should be innocent, yeah. Yeah. I should exist. Yeah. yeah, That those would show up within and be the foundation of all our future states. It shows that there was already something intentional in motion before we ever could have been accused of having any control over what our life was. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And I I was just thinking about this, that... um, you know, you can sometimes imagine what it was like when you were a child when you didn't feel like you held the weight of the world on your shoulders, you know? Yes, like, exactly. And then they we sort of wake up to the like, oh, wow, there's this whole world out there and there's so many problems in it. And oh, my gosh. You know, so it's so nice to just be reminded through this passage mm. of like, that's we're all we're going back to that. Yeah. But with wisdom, like you say. In a way, it has... It has more truth, even though when you go on that trajectory, it feels like, well, now, no, I, I, I used to not know what was going on. Now I have a better grasp of what's going yes. on in the world. It's A lot of it is awful, but, you know, uh, but actually the truest state is that state of, wow, what a magical world and, and we can be in our own sort of safe place. I picture a child just playing quietly by him or herself, you know. Yes. We can be in that state with the Lord kind of thing. Really beautiful. And that and that's actually like the antidote. You know, like that is the uh, yeah. the way through when you're, yeah, anyway, so great. And I, I really have found that it's a, a, a great thing uh, if you're blessed to have children or grandchildren or to be around uh, children because they are a great reminder of yep. that state. They can take you back to that state in a hurry because they know how that yeah. works. That's great. The third passage here is 3039, and it's got a certain little phrase in here. It's not quite as long as these other ones. And it's got a phrase about what angels are, which I just loved. See if you pick this up. Okay. So you'll see in the Bible here and there that angels are coming down and telling people things. Uh, they appear a lot in the Christmas story, an angel appears to Joseph, an angel appears to Mary, and so on, and um, and in other stories. Uh, and Swedenborg 
uh, says that actually all those angels mean the Lord. He says in 3039, the reason angels in the word mean the Lord is that everything in the word that prophets and others say at the direction of angels comes from the Lord. In other words, it's the Lord's own message. Angels in heaven also acknowledge and sense that nothing good or true comes from them, but from the Lord, so much so that they reject any implication to the contrary. That's why angels, the human race at its best, stand for the Lord, but the aspect of the Lord that they stand for is revealed by context. Ooh, nice. So that phrase, angels, the human race at its best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so great. It's awesome. Some marketing genius came up with that one. I know, right? (laughs) Angels, the human race at its best. (laughs) Don't you want to be an angel? Yeah. (laughs) A, A number of traditions believe that angels aren't even humans or... Uh, you know, they, they certainly aren't your grandmother or your grandfather or something. Um, right. Uh, what a beautiful thought. I, I just find that so inspiring, just that phrase, the human race at its best. So I thought it belonged in this collection of passages about what what lies ahead, you know, uh, the human race at its best. What would we be like if we were at our best? Well, and I, I just love the the connection of the what part or what aspect I think it said is revealed by context and and I just I just love that that it's like there's no telling you know there's this infinity to to the divine and and how humanity can be that voice and uh, presence of God with each other and so but that like the Lord knows how to plug us in and have us do just the right thing for each other uh, based on context. So that's like, and that's always being revealed. It's wonderful to think about being in heaven, uh, like being in a whole community like that. Um, yeah. And also so beautiful to think about that each person has their own, you know, each angel is unique. They have their own understanding, their their own love, their their own light, their own sense of who the Lord is and so on. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this has been so great, so fun to think about these things and spend this time with you, Jonathan. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. That's a blast. Thank you guys for coming by. I hope your heart was uplifted and your mind inspired by this week's NCE Spotlight. Subscribe to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to tap into this stream of fresh insights and join us on our excursions into the historical context of Swedenborg's life and works. All passages quoted in this episode are sneak peeks from upcoming volumes of the New Century Edition translation of Secrets of Heaven. If you've benefited from the work of the Swedenborg Foundation through Off the Left Eye and the New Century Edition, consider supporting us with a donation. We are a nonprofit and depend on the support of our donors. To give, go to Swedenborg.com slash donate. And thank you for listening.